In the name of God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. In the Ash Wednesday homily, I was talking about the season of Lent. We're now in the first Sunday of Lent. I was talking about the season of Lent as, the, as a time in the ancient church of intense preparation for baptism. I said on Ash Wednesday, the, in the early church, the period of um, the catechesis, the period of preparation for baptism was usually three years. And then this last 40 days was the really intense time of preparation. At the end of the time of preparation, you would go to the great vigil of Easter. And let me make my plea that I make every year right now. Go to or attend online, whatever is meet and right for you, the three great days, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and the great vigil of Easter, and then come to the Easter Sunday service. And it will fill that Easter Sunday service with all measure of meaning, because you'll, you'll have been prepared for it by being immersed, by being baptized. into the whole drama of our salvation. You'll be immersed in the death and resurrection of the Lord. You'll be with him on the night in which he was betrayed. You'll be with him at the crucifixion. And then you would come to the great vigil of Easter, and this is the great baptismal feast, where the salvation that is won for us by our Lord Jesus Christ, in and through his death and resurrection, this new life, I say this over and over, this new life that he's won for us at great price, this life that begins now in which the grave cannot hold, this life that is his gift to us by the power of the Holy Spirit and which we enter into, we become immersed in, in our baptism. And the great vigil of Easter is the ancient feast of baptism. And after all this long preparation, the catechumens would have come and in the, in the dark of the night, and it would be timed so the baptism would occur just as the sun was coming up. And so you'd stand before the bishop, and you would face the west. How, whatever the points of the compass say, and actually we're pretty close to it here, that's always east, and that's always west. So you'd face the west, You'd face, you'd face the, the direction of the setting sun. You'd face the direction of darkness. You'd face the direction of death. And you would, you would cast away the works of darkness. And you would turn, you would put behind you the old way of life, the old pagan way of life. The bishop would say, do you renounce Satan and sin and evil? And you would say, I renounce them. And do you renounce your old way of life? you renounce it. And then he would say to you, do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your savior? And people would literally turn around and face the east. That's why the altar is always at the east of the church. It's the direction of the rising sun. It's the direction of light. It's the direction of new life. And then you would go down, well, before all of this, 
we would have sat and we would, we would hear um, everything that is God has done to prepare for our salvation. We usually do four readings from the Old Testament, and, and there are nine in our prayer book. If we did the whole service, there are nine in our prayer book. They might have done more than that in the ancient church. And every one of these um, lessons, every one of these stories taken from the Old, Old Testament would be a type of baptism. And so you would be prepared by being immersed in these stories for e your immersion into the death and resurrection of the Lord and into the new life which he brings and wins at such great price, which comes to us in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then having been thus prepared, you would go down into the water. You'd be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You'd come up the other side. You'd get new clothes. You'd get new food. You'd get new friends. You'd get a new life, a life that begins now and that the grave cannot hold. One of the stories that would have been read would be the story of Noah. And St. Peter tells us today that Noah prefigures our baptism. So let me talk just a little bit about how Noah and the ark prefigure our baptism. A lot of children really like this story, the story of Noah and the ark, because it has animals. And there are often, often if you go into a Sunday school, there'll be a beautiful ark there and some uh, lovely carved animals and so on. I did not like this story at all when I was a little kid and in Sunday school. My focus was not on the animals. My focus was on all of the people being wiped away by the flood. It was a pretty sobering story to me. So how is this a story of good news? What is God trying to tell us in this story? He's trying to tell us something about the nature of reality, and he's trying to tell us something about who he is, and he's trying to tell us something about what he is doing for us to make a way of salvation for us. So first of all, we have to read the text very carefully. Uh, the Bible says very clearly that evil, evil had multiplied to such a degree that the whole world was evil, and God, God had determined to, to wipe it away, to make a clean start. Uh, the, the story tells us that the flood of evil had just about overwhelmed everything. There was just this righteous man, Noah, that was left. So let's, let's stop there. How is that any good news? Well, it's good news in, in this way. For God to be a good God and for God to be a God of love, there must be judgment. And it is part of God's judgment that he limits evil. Evil can go no so far and no further. He will not allow it to absolutely have the upper hand. He will put a stop to it. Now that's good news. It's hard news, but it's good news. God will let it go so far and no further. That's the first thing. The second thing is that, is that, is that God prepares a warning, he warns, he calls to repentance, and he prepares a way out, and he prepares a way through. And so he tells Noah to build an ark. And the ark is going to, is going to um, 
preserve life. The ark is going to carry uh, not only humanity, but the creation. It's going to preserve it in the face of evil and carry it through to the other side. That's good news. God prepares a way. God prepares a means. Now, the church is called many things, but one of the things that the church is called, the church is called the Ark of Salvation, and that is taken from Noah's story. And this part of the church that's right in front of me, this part that's in front of the rude screen, this part of the church where most of the people sit, this is called the nave. And that's a Latin word, and it's the word you get navy from, and it means literally a ship. And if you, if you look up at the ceiling, you will see that there's the ship. It's up, an upside-down ship. It's the Ark of Salvation. The church is the way that God has provided for us. That we can be taken in, that we can be rescued, that we can be saved, that we can be held up in such a way that the waters of evil will not overwhelm us and that we may get through to the other side, that we may be preserved. Now, there's another part of this story, which is when they get through to the other side and... Um, Noah sends out the, the dove, and the dove brings back the sign of new life. The dove comes down on Christ at baptism, the Holy Spirit who gives the new life. And the Holy Spirit comes down on you and me in our baptism to initiate us into, to immerse us into this new life. And when they've come through to the other side, God puts the rainbow in the sky as a sign of the covenant, as a sign of the promise. His promise to never let evil get that far again and to provide a way, a means of salvation. Now that bow is, is, an, is an interesting thing. It's, it's a battle bow. It's an archery bow. And which way is it hanging? It's hanging, it arches like this. So it's, hang, it's hanging in such a way that the arrow, if it were to fly, would go up towards God. God is pointing forward to Jesus Christ. And he's saying that he's going to provide an ultimate answer to the problem of evil. And that the answer is that he himself will stand between us and the evil that threatens to overwhelm us and carry us away in a flood. And that he will take upon himself the judgment that belongs to us. Now, the fathers of the church say something very, very beautiful uh, about the ark. When God is directing Noah to build the ark, he directs him to cut a door in the side of it. And the animals and the people enter into the ark through the door in the side of it. And the fathers of the church say, thus we enter into the ark of the church 
through the wound in the side of Jesus Christ, from which pours out the blood of his love and pours out the water of baptism to wash us, to make us clean, to give us a new start, to preserve us and to carry us through, to carry us and preserve us not only from the evil that's in this life, but to carry us through and preserve us forever. And so this, 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 this gift of salvation, this gift of preservation, this gift of a new beginning, this gift of new life that begins now and which the grave cannot hold, that is what we were immersed in. That was what we came in under when we were baptized. And, and to the degree that we, we cling to our baptism, The blood of that outpoured love and the cleansing water of that baptism still showers down upon us and it's nourished in us by the scriptures and by the sacraments and by the good works that God has prepared for us to walk in. Well, I'll say one last thing. Um, I, I, I heard a story about animal psychologists doing research. Sometimes I wonder about these stories. They, I, th I think the, the, the experimenters may have a lot of explaining to do someday, but you know, they run rats through mazes. And there's cheese at the end of the maze, and the rats learn that the cheese is there and that it's delightful and it's delectable and it's delicious. And they, they learn to run the maze and they learn to run it faster and faster. There is one experiment where one of the experimenters, he, he figured out how to get a little bit of cat smell. And he injected a little bit of cat smell into the maze. And boy, that rat really goes fast. He really makes sure that he gets through the maze and gets to the cheese. Now, God is absolutely delicious, and God is absolutely delectable, and God is absolutely delightful in himself. And God has provided a way, God has provided a way for us to, to come to him and be with him. He's provided his own son who is the way, the truth, and the life. And it is possible to have a kind of religion where there is too much fear. But it's also possible to have a kind of religion where you think there's no such thing as a cat. And it might be, in our time, a little bit a good thing for us if we could get just a whiff of that, so that we might hurry along and make sure that we are safe within the ark of salvation and that we are using all of the ordinary means of grace and that we are allowing the water of our baptism to wash us and cleanse us and to make us new, and that we are allowing the outpoured love of the Savior to transform us from strength to strength and glory to glory until with him at last we will shine like the morning stars.
let us not forget the great gift of our baptism and the great gift of the ark of salvation. In the name of God, the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.